Welcome back to The Real Voices of the Game. I'm Dave D'Agostino, joined here by our host and star of the show, Bob Schaefer. This is Touch Em All, episode 461 on the network. Before we bring Bob in, just want to say a couple special thank you to some support groups we have. First, Millions. Thanks for taking on our marketing here. If you, if you touch on Millions, you can do a couple things. You can hire our hosts for experiences. You can ask them questions. You can help them for speaking gigs. You can talk to them about advertising. And, of course, our merchandise dropped two weeks ago, hats, hoodies, and T-shirts. So uh, please please take advantage of millions and all they do for us. Second, Jaw Bats, the newest certified baseball bat in Major League Baseball. Use RVG at checkout, and you'll get a discount on a great maple bat. My son Tanner's using his M110 model, lefty-righty. Our very own Jeff Fry of our Gone podcast had a pull-side double in fantasy camp, so it's got to work, as he says. Um, also, our, our last and but not least, the Kinetic Arm. We had him on the show yesterday with Coach and Kernan. Two weeks ago with Jeff Fry. Innovative way to potentially solve all these arm injuries that we're having, and not just in Major League Baseball, but all the way through youth, youth baseball. So Jason Colloran's a great guy. Use RVG DAG at checkout. Capital RVG, capital D, small A, small G. Get you a discount on a Kinetic Arm. My son Tanner uses it as well for catching. It's designed for pitchers, but it's good for all. So. Uh, and the last but not least, we got a new hair care product, Bob, that's, that wants to advertise with us. So I told him I'd mention them on the air, work out the details later. But they saw, they said they can solve my hat head. We're wearing a baseball cap all the time. So Monet uh, hair products, uh, self-care products, uh, look out for them as, as part of a new sponsorship coming up soon. So episode 461 here, Bob, touch them all. Who do you got on the show first today? Well, I got a special guest, a real special as far as I'm concerned. I managed several years in my league, seven and Kevin Mitchell was one of my favorite guys. Uh, not only a great player, but a great person. We had a lot of good times together. Uh, one of the best athletes I ever managed. Bo, sorry, Kev, but Bo Jackson was number one, and you were right behind him. You could do a lot of things that people didn't realize what a good athlete that you were. Uh, Mitch never played a lot of high school or never played a lot of baseball until he signed as an undrafted free agent out of a trial camp in San Diego. Now, that's pretty good scouting right there. I'd, uh, like I say, he played for me three years, uh, 83, 84, 85. I grew up, grew up in San Diego. He was a street kid, he'll still tell you. He got a lot of fights. He was a really good fighter. We had a lot of fights on the field, and Mitch is right there. He protected everybody. But uh, he played third base and <clears throat> probably could have played anywhere on the field. I mean, a lot of times we go out there shortstop. One other thing I used to watch, sometimes when the pitchers took batting practice, Mitch is out pitched to him. And a lot of them couldn't hit him. I mean, he come up with these breaking balls and stuff. I said, where'd you learn that? I said, I don't know. I just figured it out. But one of the smartest baseball players, I mean, a great aptitude for hitting. I don't know if he went to too many National Society meetings in high school, but he had baseball sense. He had street sense. He was a very common sense guy. But uh, he, had, he he would went on to have a great career in, in the major leagues. He was 89, 1989 MVP with the Giants. He hit 
47 home runs, 125 RBIs, made a few all-star games, all-star teams, and he ended up playing 13 seasons all, all together. But, again, one of my favorite guys, Kevin Mitchell. Safe, safe. I appreciate that introduction, man. That's uh, very lovely of you, man. Uh, but I tell you what, I take that, man, because Bo Jackson, in my mind, is one of the best players I ever been around. Well, no doubt. He's fun to watch. But uh, like I said, I saw you do things. I mean, that catch you made in San Francisco down left field line, you caught it barehanded. What was you thinking on that? Well, I tell you, Shaved, I, I don't think that was me that day. That was a young Thundercat. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just felt that I couldn't get my glove up to my right, to my left side. <clears throat> well, to my well, my glove up to the right side because I was running left. And, you know, left-handers' balls come back in the play. And that was off Ozzie Smith. And, uh, you know, you, you think of your younger days when you was, you know, playing woofer ball and stuff in the boys' club. You never used a glove. All I did was stuck my hand up and, and the ball went in my glove. I didn't, you know, I tell everybody to this day that it probably wasn't graceful, but it got the job done. It got the out. No doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, it was just an out, you know. And, um, they didn't rec. I didn't realize what I had done until Terry Kennedy, uh, TK called. He said, "Mitch, do you realize what you just done? You should have turned around and flexed for the people." I said, "That's an out." I mean, I may not be graceful in that outfield, but I just try to get the job done. Yeah. Well, you played third base for us, and then, uh, like I said, you could have played any position on the field, and you played third in the big leagues for a little while, and then you moved out to left field. Is that right? Yes, that is right. I mean, I was just thankful. Of, uh, you know, I had a good coach in the minor league that that just put it in my head that I can do anything I can when I'm behind the white lines, and that's that was you, Shafe. And oh. uh, I was just thankful that I was able to uh, come up with the New York Mets at that time. And uh, David Johnson wanted me to play every position on the field, and by having that confidence when I was playing with you for so long. It gave me the best attitude that I can to go out there and thinking I can play any position on that field that they put me on. Yeah, well, that's because you're very athletic. But uh, tell us about your early childhood. You had a little tough time, you know, tough era you lived in and everything. And uh, you lived with your grandmother, right? Yes, she's passed away now. Yeah. Grandma, yes. Uh, I grew up in uh, southeast San Diego. Um, you know, I still uh, – Go down there sometime. I tell you, I was in a motorcycle club uh, for 17 years, and now that I'm retired from that too, uh, um, it's still. Uh, I mean, it's a great place to be. You know, I I felt. You know, I grew up in the inner city, and it was it was rough growing up. But I was just thankful that I was able to uh, go out and do bigger and better things. Yeah, well, like I said, you had a great baseball intelligence, and uh, I remember when you played for me, you had some. We had some trial and tribulations. I had a few uh, fireside chats with you about certain things. And uh, I talked to your grandmother, Josie, a few times. Yes, she remember did. When your brother got killed. It was a tragic thing. And Kevin, I mean, Herm Winningham came to my office. Says, uh, I said, what's the matter Mitch? He says, no, he's got problems. He said his brother got killed. He wants to go home and get him. So that's when I called you in. I said, Mitch, you can't do that. And I said, I know how loyal you are and how you feel. And, again, you were the most loyal player I think I ever coached or managed. And I know what you had to do. But uh, – I remember calling your grandmother then. I don't even know if you knew I did, but I called and said, Josie, uh, what's going on? He said, yeah, his brother got killed and he wants to come home. He said, but don't let him come home. 
because yeah. he knew or she knew what you would do if you went home, which would be bad for you and it wouldn't bring your brother back. But uh, it was a it was a tough situation. I know you went through a lot of uh, wow. tragedies in your early life and so forth, but uh, you survived them all. Yeah. Well, like I want to tell the people, you know, that's that's listening. You know, if it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't be in the position that I'm in now. You know, I mean, you you guided me. You gave me those blockers around the side of my head that kept me focused, kept me going the right direction. You know, and like I tell I tell people to this day, Bob Schaefer could have been the best manager that I ever had. I wish I could have been with him my whole career. You know, and no telling what he could have brought out of me. So but, um, well, I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, it's like uh, we had a few other situations where, uh, you know, you, you used to lose your confidence a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And uh, you never, Dave, you never play a lot of baseball. And one day he comes to me in double A. He says, how do you hit left-handed pitchers? I said, I don't know. I couldn't hit them myself, but I was a left-handed hitter. But I said, Mitch, all you got to do is just see the ball and hit the ball. You're a natural hitter and just do that. And the only time that, you know, you get a little slump and you say, what am I doing wrong? And the only thing you did is, you know, you used to have a nice, short, quick swing. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, you move your hands back a little farther. It made you swing a little longer. Yeah. I said, just get your hands back up near your shoulder and go from there. Yes. I can remember that or not, but uh, – you know, you, you made your own adjustments most of the time. And I wish I could take credit for you being a good hitter, but all I can say is I didn't screw you up. But I might tune you up now and then here and there. But uh, Of course. You, you stayed yeah. on my bumper every day, man, every day. I mean, yeah. if you didn't, you didn't like them. So if you didn't stay on nobody's bumper, you didn't like them. But, you know, but it was yeah. a wake-up wake up call for me when I got to you. So um, I thank everything. I'm, for, I'm so thankful that you uh, was around in my life. And Mitch, well, what did you, and I, I have a lot. I'm fortunate enough to be with Bob every week and talk in between. So I have a, the same sense of reverence for him that you have. But just curious, what made you trust him as a coach and as a man? Well, I felt like I was uh, when I first met Shafe. I, you know, I read people very well, you know, and I can uh, I sensed that it was something good about this man that that's trying to tell me the right way to play this game, the attitude to play this game. And, you know, uh, kept me on that. that, that, that right. And it's just, uh, I don't know what it was. I, I don't know if it was God that brought me to him, you know, and it, it made me uh, the man that I am today. It brought me focus, but uh, I stay, even now to this day, I stay with him and I got a lot of faith in, in what he says. You know, even though we're not playing the game no more, if he would to tell me something, it's always positive. I didn't felt I didn't feel that he had anything negative to tell me in his, my career with him. Yeah. Well, David, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a little story. You know, when I managed, we seemed to have a few fights <laughs> through years. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> years I managed, but Mitch was one of the best. I mean, I remember a time we were playing in Midland, Texas. Oh, my God, the Cubs. You <laughs> called Max Pack. Yeah, Max Beckham was working a game. So uh, Tommy Harmon was managing Midland, which was the Cubs at the time, and I managed against Tommy in the lower levels when he was with the Phillies. And Tommy was not my favorite guy to manage against, uh, kind of a loudmouth kind of a – he was a baseball guy, but he was a, kind of a jerk, you know, in some ways. But I had some of his players come to me and say, our manager's a jerk. I said, well, he's a good manager, though. I, you know, I tried to stick up for him a little bit. But anyway, we're playing Midland. We're beating him like 12 to 2 or something. Yeah. The guy's on first and second. 
And Midland's a band box, and wind always blows out. So, and we had some good hitters besides Mitch. We had some other pretty good hitters. But Bishop. Anyway, the pitching coach goes out to the mound, and next pitch, the pitcher drills the hitter. This guy, uh, Tim Bishop. Yeah. And third base coach is probably 20 feet away from the dugout. So I turned around and told Tommy, I said, Tommy, that's chicken shit. Why don't you go out and talk to him? But in the meantime, Mitch is on second base. Oh, third. I mean, you're, you're on second, but you're coming to third. Oh, yeah, So Tommy runs out of dugout. I guess you said something to him. Tommy comes running out of dugout. So I turned to, to you know, calm you down a little bit. And Tommy goes around me after you. And I said, Tommy, that's not that's not a good idea doing that. And you 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 hit him pretty good. And so, long story short, you know, we had all kinds of rumbles on the field. And the umpires threw you and Tommy out of the game, which they probably should have. Anyway, so I told the umpires, look at Mitch, he might be thrown out of the game, but he's coming with me in a dugout. I said, if he goes in that clubhouse, he might knock that door down and and put that guy to sleep, whack him. So the umpire said, okay, you're right. So I had to walk you back to the dugout. And there was still some stuff going on. Salazar. Huh? Salazar in right field. Yeah, so I said, Mitch, you can't, you can't go anywhere. You might get suspended for a long time. So I'm holding you back. And finally you sat down. And this is where I knew how loyal you were. You said, uh, I said, Mitch, you can't say anything. You can't move. you got to stay here for the rest of the game. Otherwise, bad things are going to happen to you, you know, from the president of the league. So he looked up at me and he says, Shafe, did that guy hit you? I said, no, because I had a little scrape my chin from holding guys back. And he said, that guy hit you? Remember that? You, I said no, because I know if, if I said yes, you would have made a beeline to the clubhouse. And you made jobs. Well, I said, man, I, I felt so <laughs> like I, I mean, I wanted to protect Shafe, but your, your your hair was all messed up from trying to break that fight up, and I thought he had hit you. <laughs> yeah. And I said, nah. Did he put his hands on you? <laughs> I said, man, Shafe was like my icon. Man, he just was a a leader. Man, and he. he and I never understood it. I told Shafe, if you ever get a manager's job, I want to be there with him. You know? Well, I tell you what, I'm too old now. I had yeah, my chance when I was intern. But, but mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, I mean, if I was, I'd mean, at that time, even I'd make you the hitting coach. Because I think you just knew how to hit. You knew how to do it. I mean, I remember watching you take batting practice. You hit the ball right field, right center field all the time. Yeah. You weren't like some guys playing home run derby. And I still you hit your share of home runs over the years, but you you knew how to take batting practice, you knew how to practice and get yourself ready for the games. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I still do my kids like that. I mean, if you can't use that whole field, you you know, you're not going to be a one dimensional player. You right, hit the ball where it's pitched anywhere. Right. So after your baseball career ended, you still work with kids and stuff, right? Yes, I still kind of do it now. But, you know, I had the spinal cord injury that kind of shut me down for a while, you know, paralyzed for five years. And then uh, yeah, just had another surgery in my neck uh, in April of last year. Uh, the two and three went out on that side. So I'm fused on both sides. But right. uh, with, with God willing, I'm, 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 I'm getting I'm a lot better. I'm 100 percent better. I'm walking. I'm playing golf. I'm riding my motorcycles again. Uh, just matter, just just stand, just trying to do better, just stay healthy, you know, eat right, exercise yeah. night and morning, you know, so I just keep myself moving and grooving, you know, and try to stay focused. Well, you had a few injuries when you're playing, mostly to your legs, I thought, right? Yeah, it was the knees, I had two yeah. surgeries and uh, but so I how did you hurt your neck and everything? This is the neck, yeah, I have a uh, 
I have plates in my neck now, but you know, can't jet ski no more. Can't do the dirt bikes no more out in the desert. Mm-hmm. So I uh, just, just taking it easy, man. Just lounge and golf is the most safest thing for me right now. <laughs> well, at least you can still do that, right? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I love this game of golf, man. I mean, I love it. I sit down. If I stay at home too long, I end up ordering too much stuff. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, so, but uh, it's been, it's been uh, I got a good bunch of friends up where I live at right now. And we play all the time. And I, and I have a, a tournament that I play in every year over at uh, Pachanga. It's one of the nicest golf courses here. Uh, it's a casino. We do yeah. a fundraiser. It's, for, it's called Reach Out uh, Project Touch. We raise money for the uh, for the homeless and facility uh, building facilities for them and teaching them how to grow their own vegetables and stuff like that. That's good. Well, you give them back to the, the country, which you, you know some guys forget about it when they get out of baseball. But you know, you keep in touch, and you've had tough times along the way, but you met the challenges every time. No doubt, man. I, t- I tell you, it's a blessing, man. I I thank God every day. No shave. Uh, that I'm able to, uh, my legs can hit the ground, go out and yeah. participate in the things that I love, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, just do the little things. I know I'm getting older, you know, and things are slowing down, but I'm a homebody now. It's either the golf course or home. Or home. Yeah. Well, I remember when you first started playing golf. We were playing in yeah, the Oh, my God. That was ugly. I killed that. I hit that huh? goose, remember? That uh, American <laughs> goose in the neck. So, Dave, we're, we used to play golf in the morning, excuse me, before the games and everything. We'd go like, what, 8 o'clock or something like that. And that was my way, way of making guys go early, get in early at night because they get up to play golf in the morning. But we had almost every player on the team would play. And we have, like, partners. So Mitch and I used to be partners because Mitch, no offense, but that's the only thing he couldn't do in his life was play golf. He was terrible. Was the first one that got me to play golf. <laughs> yeah. You got better. I know that you could putt. I knew you could putt, and uh, you got better. But we used to laugh all the time. And at those in those days, I was a little stronger. I hit the ball pretty good. I wasn't good around the greens, but now I can't hit the ball very far anymore. I lost all my power, like an orphan hitter. Got no pop. But uh, but we had a lot of fun doing that, and it was good camaraderie with our team because we had a great bunch of guys. And the reason we won a championship, I think, is guys stuck together. They played hard for each other. Yes, <clears throat> and. Uh, you know, we lost a few guys to the big leagues, but the guys stayed back like yourself, said, we're going to win this. And we did. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know where that comes from, though, Shave. That comes from having a good a good core, a good manager, a good person, understand the players. That's why I love yeah. Dusty so much, you know. And he re- he reminded me of you as when I was coming up. He, Dusty took me under his wing, too, you know, yeah. and uh, showed me the ropes. And I still talk to him to this day. Matter of fact, I just talked to him the other day. Yeah. And, uh, well, when I worked with Washington as a scout, Dusty and I, first time I met him, really, but I mentioned your name to him. I said, Coach, I managed Mitch. He said, Mitch, really? We got to call him. So I remember we called you one day, him and I? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but Dusty was one of the best people I've ever been around. I mean, he was a good coach, good manager, but he's a really good teacher, too. And that's why I thought he had a lot of, you know, he was so special. But, uh, he really was a special guy, and I guess he's doing about uh, what I used to do as a special assistant to the general manager now in San Francisco, but I'm glad he's still in the game. 
Yeah, I am too, man. I mean, <clears throat> that's his. That's his. That is his. Uh, that's his. His parte, man. He's he's got to be around. He can't just go home, man. He's not ready. Yeah. No. By him saying he was done, he, I don't. I, I told everybody here. He's Dusty's going to find somewhere to, something to do in the, in this game because he loves yeah. it. He loves being around. That's what keeps you young, man. Just being around and on the field, you know. And, uh, hopefully, I see more when I get up there and uh, and uh, sit down and talk to him some more, you know, because we've been on the phone. I know he's been coaching, but you know, I leave him alone, you know, when he's managing. But I watch the games every day that he's playing. Yeah. Was coaching because I get that package. <clears throat> so well, you still do a few things for Giants too, right? Yes, I still go up there a lot, you know, uh, uh, and uh, do stuff. As a matter of fact, I just got off the phone with Will Clark and Barry Bonds and just talking about things. It was good to see them. I talk to Will at least once a week. Yeah. That's I'm good. Going on his podcast, him and uh, um, Burnsy. That crazy. They crazy. Them two right there on that on that on that podcast. Oh my god! Right. <laughs> Them two right there, boy. They they have it's called no. I think something had to do no filter. Oh really? So it's no filter at all. You familiar with that, Dave? Yeah, and we we actually had Will Will Clark on <clears throat> right before he was starting that, and he was pumping it on on this network here to, to just try to get used to it. And I've watched it a few times. He's He's he is who he is. He says yeah. what he he just says what he's he's great baseball mind. What I like from him and, and Shafe, we talked about this I think last week. Mitch, I'd like to get your thoughts on it because you were an aggressive base runner. Um, Will Clark said that he used to scout guys before games as to how they would um, turn the double play at second base. He never slid hard into the bag. He would anticipate where they were stepping off to. So if they were a second baseman that stepped across, stepped back, we probably had twenty second basemen on here. Every single one of them said oh, they always mentioned Will Clark without being prompted to say. Every time he got on first, he looked at us and said, "I'm coming to get you." And, oh, uh, and oh, uh, how did you prepare for games like that? What, what, what did you do? It now we can't take out guys anymore, which is kind of no, sad. No, you can't. But uh, uh, what, uh, what? What? How were you on the base paths? What was your mentality? Well, I was aggressive on the base paths. They actually stopped me in Cincinnati from even running, you know, because they felt I was going to hurt myself. That's how aggressive I was. I tried to get Bip Roberts one year at second base because he he didn't play for us when he was with Cincinnati like he playing for the Padres. <laughs> and I got mad at him. I told him, I said, you better stay out of my way. I'm coming to get you. I went to go get him and broke the whole second base bag. <laughs> and uh, who was the general manager back there for the Reds? Uh, Bowden, Jim Bowden. Jim Bowden called down in the dugout and said, what is Mitch doing? He looked like he's kind of pissed off out there. What is wrong with him? I th- and I told him I was mad at Bip because he's he didn't play for us like that, <laughs> you know. And I stood up for him, you know, because him and Ray Knight got into it one year, and I didn't appreciate Ray Knight talking uh, crazy behind his back. I, I told Ray in San Diego, be a man and talk to him in his face like that, like you talking over here. I can hear you. So me and Ray that. Knight was finna square off one day, but you know, me and Ray Ray is good friends, so. Does that happen anymore? Is there? I like. I think confrontations are good. I, I maybe it's because I'm a small Italian New Yorker, but uh, what, is that type of confrontation happen anymore? In baseball with players? Yeah. yeah. 
sometimes you need to you need to give somebody a wake up call, man. Yeah. You know, you ha- I love it. You know, <clears throat> if I needed a wake up call, I need a wake up call. Wake me up. You know, tell me I'm not playing. You know, up to my capabilities. You know. I see this thing that's going on with Random. You know, I love Random as a player when he was with Washington because he got quick hands. I, 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 I used to love to watch him hit. He got short and quick back. It yeah. seems like he don't want to play no more. You know, he got all that money and don't want to play. I know. That's a shame because he was a hell of a player. You know, yeah. I, I sat there and talked to him one day, you know, in the, in the clubhouse. <clears throat> you know, short and quick. Yeah. I mean, just – the comments that he's saying, and it's just not right. You know, I don't think it's, you know, it's right. You know, this this game ain't when I really am. It's a job. It's just, it's, I'm not worried about it. You know, they yeah. can give you a gang of money, man. What you mean you're not worried about it? Give me well, that money. I'll go out there and play right now. <laughs> you know, well, you made some money, but not like they make out these, oh, these days. Not. Yeah, you're right. You're definitely yeah. right. Definitely right. So tell us about the 86 Mets when you guys won the World Series. Uh, Shafe, a great team, man. Uh, you know, uh, great. it was a great bunch. It was a learning process for me in 86 as a rookie. You know, uh, playing around uh, the, the veteran guys, Keith Fernandez, which I, I loved dearly. And... Uh, you know, just the talent we had on that team was just un- incredible. I mean, we did things. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, I hung out. I learned a lot from everybody on that team. But I, I tell you what, it was, uh, it was a crazy team. We had fun, but we still went out there on that field and did our job. <clears throat> you know, no matter who it was, I was a utility guy. I played everywhere on that field. You know, gave people days off. They didn't miss a beat. But I think, like I said, it comes from being around a good manager like Davey Johnson. And the things I, I, I don't appreciate with the team now is everybody writes books and they pretty much punish the guys that they was loyal to and, and were soldiers with. And they, they punish them in books. You know, talk about your teammates. I tell people to this day, I wouldn't talk about a player, even though I had something against him. I wouldn't talk crazy about a player at all because we are between the white lines. You know, it was hard enough already. And now you want to write a book and talk about each other and we played with each other. Mm-mm. Yeah. <clears throat> but the games definitely changed a lot. And uh, I'm sure you still watch games. But, you know, when you guys played, I mean, you know, you got a big key hit in the World Series and uh but everybody seemed to know their own role in those days. And even now, some guys won't accept their role because they're after the money rather than after just the win. No question. Yes, they are. It's, it's nothing but uh, the dollar bills now. You know, it's all about the dollar bills, dollar bills. Yeah. You know, it's not no uh, – they don't care about now. I'm going to get my three hits. Not worried yeah. about winning. You know, what, guys as, now, a great, as a great hitter, how do you feel about this launch angle? I, I don't believe in it. I tell people that to this day. I do not believe in the launch angle. Launch angle. You have to hit a ball, hit down through the ball to get that backspin where it'll carry. Thank you. Now you gotta understand. I play softball too. Softball is a lot of top spin. Yeah. You understand? Because you're hitting the launch angle with the softball, yeah. and the ball's straight gonna go forward, and and and, and it's gonna go down. You're not gonna get that carry. And 
and I'm, I'm thinking it's creating a lot of holes and a lot of good player swings, the launch angle. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, all the good hitters look back like uh, Hank Aaron and, and all the good hitters, they stayed on top of the ball, so to speak, with the backspin. Yeah, and they take a catch up there. High fastballs are home runs in those days. Now they're swinging misses. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. And I see guys now in the game now, man. I remember back in the days, I was always taught by Dusty and Willie Nim. You get ahead of the count. You look for that number one, and you and you don't miss it. Guys right. are taking. You get 2-0, and oh, they're taking pitches right down the middle of the play. What are you looking for? <laughs> well, to me, that's the analytics. They got them program before the game. The guy's going to throw so many sliders, so many curveballs, and they're looking for something he can't hit because the guy might throw a lot more sliders than fastballs even. Man. But, uh, yeah, and the other thing that bothers me is there's no really two-strike approach. I mean, you didn't strike out that much for number how much power you had and everything. But, you know, you hit the ball the other way a lot of times with two strikes. And, and you know what? I, you know, Sheffield's a good friend of mine. I talk to Chef a lot. What, what we was always talking about, you know, if it's a man on third base, you got to give yourself up. Hit that ball to the right side because you think a pitcher going to give you something middle end where you can jank in, get that's a two run homer. I'm going to get that run in. Them RBIs, that's ching ching. That's money. Right. Them RBIs in. You know, I give up. I get that. I try, what I try to do, I tell myself most of the time when I was hitting in the fourth spot with the Giants, um, the man on second base, if Will Clark's on second base, he just let off with a double. I'm going to get him over to third base, let my man behind him get him in. Yeah, type of way. I'm going to hit that ball to the right side. We don't see that no more. There's a man on second base now. No outs. This guy's pulling the ball to the shortstop or third baseman. Yeah. Well, that was before all these analytics jumped in there. I always said the baseball gods will take care of you. You hit the ball to the right side, a lot of times you're going to get a base hit. All the, yeah. If, if yeah. nothing else, you're going to get the guy to third and let the next guy drive him in. You that's, right. that's how you just play the game. That's that man. It's just that it, 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 they're making the game harder than what it is. Right. You know, it's it's simple. It's one, two, three, man. Just do what you got to do. I tell my kids now, hey, you worry about what you got to do in this game. Nobody else. Don't be concerned about nobody else. You hear this is a learning process for you. As you get older, I really don't care about winning when I'm working with kids, you know, about when I'm coaching kids. I'm worried about learning, making them learn the, the, the development of the game, you know, and the mechanics and getting yourself better. You know, as long as you right. go out there and have fun, you're on top of the world. Right. Well, again, I always said if you get better, the team gets better. You know, everybody's going to get better. But the name of the game is like when I was teaching the game and coaching or managing, I was trying to make guys better, do what you can do to make yourself better. And, I've always said I can't make you better, but I can tell you how you can make yourself better. Yeah. You had that knack to make yeah. yourself better. You, know, you, you adjust and hit you know, time at bat to time at bat to pitch to pitch. Yeah, no doubt. But you gave us the confidence to go out there and play. You stayed on us in a man type of way. You didn't disrespect us. You you gave us that – that uh, you, you respected us as men out there. Yeah. You never, yeah. never chewed us out like cussed us out. You know, you talk to us as men, and that's the respect that you get, that you get from your players. They're gonna play for you. We love yeah. you. We still love you. All the guys that play for you, man, love the hell out of you. Well, I appreciate that. But I remember one time between games of doubleheader, I went crazy. I, I started throwing. You know, I turned yeah. over the spread. What's, you remember that, right? Sometimes we need that. 
You know, I throw, you know, mayonnaise jars and mustard jars off the wall, and I say, you guys aren't hungry, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. We couldn't eat sandwiches or nothing. So I remember there's two great things I remember about that. So we offered a second game, and Clint Hurdle was struggling up until that point, just before he started coming out of it a little bit. But he hits a ball. You know, he had two guys on base. He was bad to clean up. He hits the ball at the top of the wall in right field, and he comes into third base, and uh, I'm still a little juiced up from that little meeting I had. And he says, I said, uh, damn, I said, uh, I thought you'd be, you know, you almost hit out of ballpark. He said, well, if I had a sandwich in between games, it would have been a home run. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I that? That. I, you know, I talked to Clint a lot. I talked to Hurdle yeah. a lot. Yeah, that was one of the best ones, yeah. He got his own little thing on Facebook. I see a lot, you know, he's always, oh, yeah. 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 But then I remember talking to you or you came to me later, he said, Chief, I was scared of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you turned. Hey, I, I, I saw a side I never seen before, but you know, sometimes we need to, that 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 push in our butt. Sometimes, man, to push home, man. You know, and I learned a lot even when I was managing up at Sonoma. I learned a lot from you. Just yeah. how to you know how to product myself with the players to right. make them play better. You know. So well to me, if you treat the players like you want to be treated and try to help them get better, that's all you can do as a coach and, and be honest. The big thing is honesty. I mean, I remember I talked to you a lot of times. I remember one time you got upset about something and you're gonna quit. And yeah. then comes to me and said, uh, Mitch gonna quit. I said, Good, let him quit. Because I got yeah. tired of you threatening, you know. Yeah. So I said, Well, let him quit. Yeah. So when you you know, after the game, Herm comes and said, Mitch wants to talk to you. I said, Well, he's on the phone from San Diego. He said, No, he's on the parking lot. I said, I don't want to talk to him. I really yeah. did, but I had to go might be tough love there. So I said, yeah, I reverse psychology on my butt, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he kept coming. He said, Mitch wants to talk to you. I remember you walked in the office finally. And you said, yeah, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have quit, blah, blah, and all this kind of stuff. And I said, well, Mitch, let me tell you something. Yeah, you need baseball more than baseball needs you. Yeah. I think that let us fight. He said, yeah, you're right. But you're very, you're, you know, very emotional about it. something that happened. Something to do with your paycheck or something like that. And. Or maybe, you know, you don't want to take infield or something like that. I said, well, if you don't take infield, you don't play in a game. And you got upset about that. I said, well, these are the rules, Mitch. I mean, if you're not going to play infield, you're not going to play in a game, so you're not going to play. That's when you say, I'm quitting. I said, well, okay. I can't remember the exact scenario, but that was kind of what it was, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was that. you got a great memory, Shay. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you know that, David, he's got a great memory, man. Oh, I love talking to him. He's He's like a savant. I can throw up a date, a name, a, a situation, and he's he'll go on for, for two, three minutes, and I just take notes. I, I learn so much from him every week in our talks in between. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, you're, you're refreshing the way you approach the, the game, the way you approach your former skipper. Where did you learn respect from? Where does that come from? Well, you know, before I got to Shafe, before I got to New York Mets, I was a street dude. You know, I was in the streets. You know, you know, everybody in the world know that, you know, but I had to learn and I learned from him when I got there. Before I got to the big leagues, I was already went through a class with, with Bob Schaefer. You know, that's why I, I respect him and I still love this guy to this day. And I try to keep in touch with him, you know, so but uh, the the respect is, you know, I had no respect for nobody before I got there. You know, because I was a street dude. You don't, you don't have no respect in the streets. So yeah, but you got to be proud of what you accomplished because uh, 
I might have said might have said certain things. I remember when I first got you in spring training, the manager you had before that said, you're not going to like this guy. He's, he's a pain in the ass, all that kind of stuff. I said, well, let me tell you. I don't have a problem with players, especially the good ones, because I always tell the good players, you know, if you be a jerk, you got more to lose than that guy. That guy's not going to go anywhere anyway, so it doesn't matter if he's a jerk or not. But I remember when I first met you, I said, you know, I just I just liked you. I just like I like the look on your face. I like the loyalty. I like your athletic ability. And I said, you know, if this guy is worth, you know, getting making him better. But you were easy, easy to coach because you had your times where you're like upset about this, upset about that, that you had to overcome your your red ass, so to speak. Yeah. But you always came back to where I wanted you and where you needed to be. And uh, yeah, I remember the time when you you came to the clubhouse, you're all messed up. Someone's bothering you. I said, Herm, what's going on with Mitch? He said, well, his grandmother's sick. She's in the hospital. Doesn't know what's the matter with it. Yeah. So I called your side. I said, what's the deal? She said, my grandmother's sick. Josie, which is, you know, she was your, yeah. your your main person. She's the one who got you into sports, I understand. My heart right there, man. When she passed, yeah. it was just, I moved I said, Mitch, after the game, and we had a doubleheader that day, if you remember. I said, after the games, just, you know, play hard. Let her be proud of you. And come back to my room, we'll call her. Because I was there were no cell phones in those days. So you came back to my room. You played, I think you had three home runs in a doubleheader. You, you played really well. I said, now you're proud. You can tell her what you did and everything. So I, I dialed up her number using my credit card, which was the Mets credit card, so it didn't cost me anything. But but it was like, you know, I think, you know, that's how loyal you were to her, and you're very concerned about her. But when you talked to her, you talked quite a while, which is fine. You came back, and you felt a whole lot better. There's a smile back on your face because you, you knew she was going to be okay. Yeah, because you know what? You know what my grandmother would tell me? She told me. She told me to get my butt out there. Don't bring my butt, my black ass home. <laughs> yeah, well... Your grandmother's a great influence, no doubt about it. I'm going to talk to her a few times. She sounds like a female chef. Yeah. Uh, yeah. about that? But she was a great person. I know that. And uh, yeah. at the time she said, no, chef, don't let him come home when your brother gets You, you know what? To this day, chef, I, I don't talk about her that much because yeah. in my heart, she's still here. Yeah, that's good. Well, you know, my brother, my daughter, they all still here with me. I don't have pictures in the house or nothing. No. Yeah. So. But it's, well, you've overcome a lot of things, but you got to be proud of what you've done. No doubt about that. Well, you know what I say, Shave? God is good, man. You know, and I I just got to keep having that faith, man, and keep moving on, man. Keep my head up and keep pushing. The yeah. door is closed behind me and I got to stay forward. So yeah. uh, if it wasn't for you, like I tell everybody, is you know, you know, ain't no telling what Kevin Mitchell situation you've been in. You know, I learned a lot from you. Yeah. Learned how to be thankful and then be uh, appreciated, you know, what's going on in my life, you know, instead yeah. of being a hard ass. Well, you made yourself Kevin Mitchell and you, a lot of people are proud of you and I'm proud of you. You know, like I say, one of my favorite players because of who you were and what you were and what you became, but that's what it's all about. I mean, that's what friends are for. And to me, we're friends as well as I was, your, your, you played for me as a coach and man, yeah. and, you know, as a player. Man. But we, you know, we, Dave, we still keep in touch. I talk to him. He calls me once in a while. And yeah. another one of our good buddies is uh, Lenny Dykstra, who you yeah. and him are good friends. Lenny's gone through some tough times, you yeah. know, self-imposed, I guess, a lot of times. But he just had a stroke, which is not good. But you, you've talked to him a lot, right, Mitch? Yes. He's uh, he's actually uh, got a report on him yesterday. I was supposed to leave and go up there yesterday morning and go visit because he's out of ICU. And he's... Yeah. Uh, He's uh he's doing good. He's he's talking. He's he's, he's very he's he's aware he's aware of what's going on around him. I yeah. Think, uh, 
you know, I mean, I got to see for myself. And eventually I'll probably go seeing, uh, but it's been pouring rain and I will not get on the freeway. Well, you know, like I said, I, I do the little things now. I don't drive at night yeah. <laughs> and I don't ride in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't like, you know, the cojones is not got little, uh, little now. So yeah, I can't do it no more. But uh, yeah, what, what was he like playing with Dykstra? Oh, man. He's still the same person, man. If you don't understand Lenny, you're not going to understand him. You know, I, I, I talk to Lenny once a week. World, he's supposed to come up and visit me for a couple of days. And I didn't hear from him for a while. And then just heard he had to, and I got a call at three o'clock in the morning and said he had a stroke. Yeah. Couldn't go back to sleep. And, but he is the, he's, if you got to really understand Lenny, everybody think Lenny's on dope and stuff like that. Lenny's not on no drugs, bro. I, I guarantee it. I don't care what anybody say, bro. I've been around dope heads my life, my whole life, man. And Lenny's not on no dope. He's not. I really, he's really not. Everybody think he's not. And I get pissed off that people that say he is because he's Lenny's not on no, 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 no kind of dope. Mm-hmm. He may drink his, his monster drinks and his vodka a day, but he's not on no dog. Well, he made himself a great player too. He was determined to be the best, and he got right up there. And uh, I love Lenny. And uh, I'll tell you a story about one day I get a call from Cash in McAvane, and they said, send Lenny to the big leagues because Mookie Wilson got hurt. So I call him in the office. Now, before that, we're playing a game. And uh, once in a while, Lenny would not play real hard, but not very often. He hits a triple. We're playing in Tidewater. He comes on the third. I looked at him and said, what the hell are you doing? He said, what? I said, where you been? He said, what? You know, you, you know he said to Mitch, what, what, what? what? He says, I said, I thought it would be inside a park home run. You must have stopped and slowed down somewhere. No, no, no. I said, bullshit. So I went back to Coach Third, like I was really at, mad at him. But I knew after the game he's going to the big leagues. So I said, come in my office after reporters leave. i got to talk to you. So he comes to my office. I said, Lenny, put this jacket on, a sport jacket on. He said, why? I said, just put it on. I said, where are you going? You can't be wearing the shit up to New York that you're wearing around here. So put this jacket on. You're going to New York and call the big leagues. And he said, don't get used to it because as soon as Mookie gets better, you're coming back. Okay. So you, you, you probably heard the story, but he's up there. And I guess one of the reporters said to him, uh, I figured he'd be playing every day. And he came up and he said, well, if Davey wanted to win, he'd play me every day. Ah, he heard the story. With Davey's ego, that didn't work out too good for Lenny. So Davey never liked him after that. So now what happens is uh, about a month later, Mookie gets hurt again, and McAvane and Cashin call me. He said, well, Davey wants Terry Blocker. I said, well, he, Dykstra's the guy. He said, no, Davey, he don't like Dykstra. I said, well, he ought to start liking him because Dykstra's a hell of a player. Terry Blocker's got talent, but he's not as good a player as Lenny is. No, he wasn't. So I go back and forth with McAvane and Cashin, again, before cell phone. So I get to call him back. I had to call Davey. Davey said, no, I don't want him. He's, he's uppercut and piss here. I don't want him. And I didn't realize at the time what really happened, but he just didn't like him because he kind of challenged him. So Davey's ego got in the way and see you later. But anyway, yeah, he called me back and said, what did Davey say? He said, and Davey and I were really close up until that point. So they called me back and they said, what do you think? I said, well, I'd love to keep Lenny here to help me win, but my job is to make them win in New York. I said, Dykes is a guy. So what did Davey say? No, he, he wants blocker. I said, well, you guys got to do what you got to do, but I'm just telling you what I think. And, I've always been like, I'll tell you what I think. I could have, 
And David, you know, he kind of told me, you know, I'd be one of his coaches, all this kind of stuff. And I could have stroked him and everything, but yeah. I had to do what I thought was right. And I did what was right. So anyway, so they called me back, said, send Lenny. So I bring Lenny in my office. I said, Lenny, you're going back to New York, but let me tell you something. David doesn't like you. You know that? Just keep your mouth shut. You got two ears and one mouth. Don't just listen. Don't say anything. Just go out there and play your ass off. And I also told Davey, I said, bring up Lenny, bat him lead off, and put uh, Backman second because when you got Santander to pitch on base, Lenny could drive him in because he had extra base hits, whereas Backman's like a singles guy. But, you know, Davey didn't want to listen to that either. But anyway, he goes back up there, and after that, Davey never even talked to me. That's when I left the Mets after that because I was dead. I was dead in the street, so I left the Mets. But that was a story between Davey and I. But I did what I thought was right, and it was right because Lenny became a star. Yes, he and did. Davey didn't, you know, whatever. But but that but Lenny Lenny was just that type of guy, you know. And uh, you love that on your team. And oh man, he is. He was awesome. Shafe, he is. He's still awesome right now, bro. I yeah. still love. I love the hell out of Lenny, man. I tell you, man. If I don't talk to him, our doc. Yeah, I try to talk to them at least once a week. As long as I yeah. get their voice, I know they're all right. You know? Yeah. How good was Doc? How Doc Huber, Doc and Strawberry. How good how good were those young guys? Man, unbelievable, man. They 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 I, they, they made they self look the game look so easy what they did. I hated playing when Doc was with pitching. Because you knew you wasn't going to get no balls. It was boring out there, right? Yeah, it was boring <laughs> as hell. Hey, do you sit in a lounge chair, man, and watch Doc pitch on the field? You know? And Straw, man, he changed his whole life around, man. And I tell you what, man, I listen to his word all the time on Facebook, man. He's always preaching. And he's, yeah. he's I'm, I'm so happy for him, man. He felt his calling. I'm telling you, man, it's just a blessing where a man like that can go out and tell his story. He's yeah. got a story, you know, tell his story about all the stuff he's been through. I mean, that's that's a testimony right there. Yeah. He made a comeback. What they're doing, man, what, what they're doing. Hopefully uh, my boy Nels will get himself together and get right. You know, he's got a good little girlfriend that he's got now. So yeah, I saw he was tweeting the other day. He was like, the nurses look good in here. <laughs> <laughs> I said he's all right. <laughs> yeah, he's he's on his way back. Yeah, he's on his way back. Yeah, but Lenny was very smart. He was a very smart guy. I mean, he had car watches and he made all kinds of money. And he got a little reckless, no doubt about it. But uh, even that magazine he had, that was a great magazine. But I tell everybody, you know, Lenny is a, a Lenny is a very smart guy. Lenny got a he's got some knowledge up there, man. Very smart. Yeah. Very smart guy, man. People don't want to, and when he's talking to me, I say, Nels, slow down. <laughs> I can understand you. Slow down. Yeah. So I'm coaching in LA, and that's when he's going to get his uh, his house back in, uh, was it Thousand Oaks or at the yeah. Sherwood Country Club? Yeah. And he got screwed on a deal and everything. So he calls me, he says, uh, I want you to come out here. You're going to have a big party and everything. So he said, in the meantime, I, I got to borrow some money, you know, pay for my uh, lawyer to come out here. I said, I'll lend you the money, but you better pay me back. Which I will, I will, I will, because I know he didn't pay a lot of guys back before that. But he sure enough, he paid me back plus a little extra for interest and everything. But uh, he, he, you know, I'd do anything to help the guy. Yeah, and, uh, same here. He got another jam and everything. But 
He was just reckless, but he really was a good person. He just was, you know, reckless. That's like, hey, that's where I can put him. Yeah, well, you know what, Shafe? Everybody goes through some times and tribulations, man. Every time, every, a lot of people have a lot of hard time. You yeah. know, uh, a lot of people didn't grow up the way I grew up, you know, just being, you know, tough, mind tough. You know, I'm, 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 I'm mind tough. Right. I don't, I still, to this day, you know, I don't want to get in no trouble, but I still don't take no crap from nobody, you know. Right. You know, well. just respect me as a man and I respect you. And that's the way I respect Lenny. I respect Lenny as a man. Right. I care what these guys have done. I still love the hell out of y'all, man. I, I, I was loyal to y'all, man. I fought, I fought in the trenches with y'all. And yeah. it's like I told Straw the one day when he said I killed a cat with a with a with a, with a uh, sixteen inch kitchen knife. You need to go back on the air and, and, and tell them people you don't know what you're talking about, man. Okay, it was all good when we was young, but as we're getting older, you're still saying this. This can't. It's not right, bro. It's not right at all. I said, man, me and you fall through the trenches together, man. We did all a lot of stuff, me, you, and Doc, and all of us. Yeah. But you know, and just like I tell people now, they want to ask me why did the Mets get rid of me because I was a bad influence for Straw and Doc. How can I have a bad influence on two guys that was already in the big leagues before me? There's yeah. no way. A young man. No, that was, they didn't evaluate you properly, that's for sure. You were a good guy. They were the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, have a bad influence on, on Doc and Gooden? I yeah. mean, on Straw and, Good, on Straw and Doc? No, there's no way possible. Right. They, they do their own thing. I did my own thing, you know? Yeah. So, well, Mitch, you know, one thing you got to be proud of where you are and what you've done. And, uh, you know, you, you endured everything. You, you worked hard to get to where you are. Doesn't happen by accident. But, uh, again, you're always one of my favorite guys I ever managed. And, uh, we'll stay in touch for a long time. But, Dave, you got anything else to say? Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to, do you mind telling the story about that tryout that, that you got signed at out in San Diego, how you got there? Okay. You when guys, I, who was the scout there? Yeah. You guys remember Daryl Denby, don't you? Oh, yeah. You yeah. remember Daryl Denby? Daryl Denby was, uh, I, I was, uh, wasn't interested in baseball, man. I was interested in football. And, uh, you know, I always thought baseball was boring to me. You know, I'm <laughs> this kid with this long hair, still had goatee. I had, this, you know, long hair, rollers in my hair on Fridays going to the skate marine. And uh, Daryl Denby came to me at a, at a, a, a boxing match down in San Diego, down downtown San Diego. He said, yeah, man, uh, uh, some people are looking for you to come out and play on Thursday and at San Diego State. Man, some scouts want to see you. I said, really? I said, wow, okay. I, you know, I got my all-star pins in my head from Little League and stuff like that in my head. I don't came out and played. I'm facing this guy named Buddy Black for San Diego State. I'm like, oh, wow, God, he's throwing pus. <clears throat> they said, well, he's the head starter for the Kansas City Royal. I just hit two home runs off of him at San Diego State. And I was it Youngworth, Dean Youngworth. Yeah. He came out and uh, said, do you want to play baseball? At that time, I was ready to go because I was getting in too much trouble. And uh, it was time for me to leave. My buddies and them just got caught up. And, and I said, I need to get out of here. And I ended up signing in January draft and leaving uh, San Diego. First time ever leaving San Diego. Street guy. <clears throat> Never been away. The first week I get into a fight with this guy named Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> that wasn't good. No, that wasn't a good one that day. <clears throat> so. I love yeah. it, though. 
No, we, we appreciate you coming on, Kevin. It's, uh, I mean, I, I love the story, the background. I, I especially love the relationship that that you have with Bob, which you're, you're able to articulate today. And uh, Bob, another great interview. I love it. Yeah, well, I'm very, very fortunate that Mitch was able to come on with us, and uh, we'll keep in touch and uh, love the stories. I mean, like I said, it's hope for anybody who wants to make something of their life and everything. And uh, but Mitch was uh, a warrior, plus he put a lot of effort into it. But I think you know he believed in his talent and everything. He just needed a little guidance here and there. But uh, that's it, man, that's all it was, man. And it, yeah. and, I, and I'm telling you, telling you guys just now, I think. Shay for being in my life, man, at the time that I needed somebody in my life. You know, my daddy wasn't around, so, you know, but he, you know, he was that guidance for me, man, and that uh, that bright light in front of me. Well, I appreciate that, and I'll tell you another thing. You made me a whole lot better manager for three years. <laughs> three years you played me, I became a really good manager. <laughs> <laughs> well, you take care, Mitch, and again, right. thanks a lot for your time. And Anytime, Shay, any day. Hang on with us for just a minute here. We're going to sign off, and then we'll uh, we'll sync all these voices. But, uh, Bob, thanks for another great interview with, with Kevin Mitchell. Here's episode 461, The Real Voices of the Game. Touch them all with Bob Schaefer. Make sure you check us out on Millions. You can get merchandise. You can book our host to speak. You can uh, you can sponsor shows if you'd like to. Also, check out Jaw Bats, newest certified bat, Major League Baseball. RVG at checkout gets you a discount. Check out Kinetic Arm. RBG DAG at, at checkout gets you a discount. We think it's the, the next step in throwing. It's going to help these guys with these arm injuries. Jason Collins, a great friend of the show. And uh, Monet, self-care products, Bob. I don't know how they hooked up with us, but uh, they said they're going to cure our hat heads. Apparently, we wear baseball caps too much. So we'll take them up in the offer, see how it works next week. I'll be the guinea pig for that in case it doesn't work. Well, you won't lose your hair, Dan. No, I know. It's uh, – it's great, great stuff, they said. I've seen some people use it. I'm going to give it a shot, um, and then I'll report back to you guys. Um, I only have hair on the side. I don't have any hair on top. It's too late. Out well, we may have to go video instead of audio, show off our new hair. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, with that, episode 461 of the books. Stay with me, guys, until the song is over. Touch them all. I got a few years on the